0: To sort of sum up everything if you're a seller that's out there thinking well i want to get an idea and price myself you know before i get an agent before i get a bank valuation i'm looking online how do i make sense of it hey guys welcome back to property chat with locky and matt uh, today matt we wanted to talk about uh, something which we get asked a lot which is how do we go about pricing a property or how What are the different ways you can price a property? I think in this day and age where everyone does a lot of research before they purchase or before they make decisions, a lot of sellers out there are trying to get an idea of value themselves before they even call an agent. So how do they go about it?
1: I guess, you know, from an agent's perspective, it's so different to how a valuer would price property, you know, and I guess that's where it becomes a little bit tricky is when you think about where can people get an idea of value, they can get it from comparable sales, which mm. is probably mostly how we base things, there's a bit more to it. But then there's, you know, rebuild costs, land value costs, which is more how a value would do it, probably yep. more what you would deem to be logical market value. And then, you know, you've got things like PriceFinder, finder, um, domain and realestate.com, which spit out, you know, the auto vowels on your property to... To give you an idea and I think the problem with that is there's huge disparity from one to another you know yeah. we've, we've seen vendors rely heavily on some of the online pricing um, you know and I guess we'll go into depth on each of those if we were to sort of start out and say well let's stick to what we know how do
0: I as an agent price a property. Yeah so let's let's just sort of you know just to be clear for everyone those two types of of prices I guess is there's a market appraisal which is yep. what an agent would do yep. um, and then there's a valuation which is what a bank valuer would do yeah, yeah correct. And, and as you as you alluded to the bank valuation is very logical yeah the market appraisal is the agent determining um, what the value would be to buyers in the present market at that time yeah and so how would you go about yep. determining that
1: so I guess from our point of view it really comes back down to a few factors we consider probably more so not just the opinion of price but the marketing price because both of those come hand in hand mm. and how we establish those prices are when you're trying to determine what a property's worth, you're looking for homes with similar attributes in similar areas, You know. I try and, if I can, try and keep it really refined. I'll pick three sales. Anything more than that, you confuse yourself because, you know, amongst 10 sales, there's so much variation. Mm. If you can pick the three most similar homes to that property, whether it's the same bed, bath, car, whether it's the same condition, same age that it's built, it's in the same proximity to things, it's going to be easier to price. Naturally, it gets harder as you have a more unique home or you're in a more unique suburb, you know, where, where we work the homes in most areas are actually really diverse. You can go from an acreage in one spot to a two bedroom semi. So mm. you've got a lot to choose from. So it's making sure that the stock you look at is like-minded. It's exactly the same style of property that you're looking at. Um, and then I'll take into account what they sold for, how long they were advertised, what were the circumstances with the deal? Mm. Because supply and demand is probably our biggest factor that you won't see a bank value will really take into account. You know, they'll come, they'll do their valuation, which we'll talk about their process. And they'll ask a couple of key questions on how the market is, but they try not to factor that in. You know, mm. they want to—they really want to base it on fact, on things that they know yep. are really happening at the moment, where for us, there's a lot of feel to it. You know, there's this is the logical market value based on the three nearest comparable sales. However, this is where I think we should market it based on what's for sale. Mm. And ultimately, this is where I think we could end up with. When I price property, I try and give people sort of two or three prices. Logical market value, what I think it would be worth today if you were to get a bank valuation, where that would likely come in based mm-hmm. on your land value, based on the rebuild cost of the home and the condition. And then I try and give them you know, what market value is today. Mm-hmm. You know, What we're seeing is that even with the rebuild cost and what it would cost to build something like this and buy the land, people are paying a slight premium and that's where this level is. And then a gold price, you know, if we got a really competitive environment, if we did some of those marketing methods that we talked about in our previous episode and mm. presentation stuff, mm. where it could possibly take us, which you won't get that figure from a bank valuer. They're not going to come in and say, well, Lachlan, you know, if we no. got this, if we nailed this bank vow, we're going <laughs> to get you an extra 10%.
0: And that's the other thing too, like as an agent working in the area can also throw in things such as what buyers are in the market at the moment. And yeah. that's a really, really um, fine-tuned uh, market appraisal to be able to go in and say, well, you know, the, comp- the comparables say your home is probably worth one and a half. But I know because you've got these two features that I know that these two buyers that I'm dealing with right now really want. Like it might be a triple garage. It mm. might be just one of those things where it's like there's someone that's got three vintage cars and I know they'll pay overs because they just can't get that. Yeah. Um, that's, that, all those things go into a market appraisal. And you can say, look, yeah. this is that, that logical figure. If this person that I know is interested, maybe we get this. Um, if that person and a couple other people might be interested, maybe we get more. Yeah. You know, so you can throw all of those things into a
1: What a about a bank valve? You're about to get one done on your place? How do, yeah, they, so how do they
0: work? Bank valves are totally logical. It's just all facts and figures. You know, they're, they're coming in, they're looking at a list of comparables, they're looking at land size, they're looking at square metres, um, they're measuring the entire property to get a feel for the size in, internally and externally. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's very mathematical and they're looking at square meterage rates, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so you might have a property that's um, you know, beautifully presented and another property that just down the road um, sold for you know, similar sort of money and you think yours should be better. But they come in and they go, well, hmm, yours is, might be nice, but in 10 years that renovation's old and that property... Is double the size internally, yeah. so that's the stuff that they look for. Yeah. And you might look at the photos online, and that's where it can be really hard as a seller to get an idea of where a bank val might come in, yeah. because you think, "Oh, you know, I looked online, and these properties don't look as good as mine." So they might not be as good as yours visually, but they might have mathematically more of them. Yeah, you know.
1: The other thing to keep in mind with the bank val too, and I say this all the time, is depending on the purpose. I feel, mm. in my experience, the variations on those values change. Yes. So if the bank are looking at you know, helping you borrow more money and it's advantageous to them to make it stack up, we're, we've sometimes seen them bend the knee and just say, well, yep, makes sense the number that you've sort of put forward as an opinion of price. Yeah. And then in other aspects, you know, if, you're, if you're buying a property and it's your first time buying and you don't have a portfolio with them, I
0: feel at times they've been quite harsh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's let's use or conservative. Ju- yeah, conservative is a good word. Yeah. I mean, let's look at use journalism as an example. You know, if you're trying to write an article, there might be ten sources, and which ones do you think you're going to pick? The mm. ones that support your argument. Yeah. Well, fair enough, right? Yeah. You, you know, there might be two or three that kind of don't agree with you. You are probably not going to leave those yeah. to one side. Yeah. It's just how
1: same things, case with the comparable stuff. Exactly
0: style. right. Yeah. They're going to take a list of ten comps, and they're going to go. These ones stack up the price that they need to make this finance deal yep. go through. So yep. I can, on paper, stack that up. There might be two or three that maybe don't, and maybe suggest that it, you know that might be a bit ambitious. But it, there's enough to say that it's not. So it, yep. they're comfortable in moving ahead with it. Yeah. So you're right, and and a lot of the time I think people can rely on a bank valuation when um, coming to market. You know, they've refinanced recently within the last one or two years, and they. They come to us and say, oh, we've had a bank valuation that's been valued at $2 million. And like you said, it's like, well, what was the purpose of that? Oh, you know, we were doing something with business. We're doing this and that. And it's like, guys, you know, there's some serious moves you just made there. Um, that The bank really wanted to lend you money. Mm. Like it's and depending there, on the LVR too, I, I've found any time I've dealt with someone where it's
1: a higher risk client for the bank, mm. the value was... Have come in and been extremely conservative. Of
0: course, and, even,
1: yeah. and you could, you know, you could argue to you blue in the face about properties that you genuinely believe are comparable, and you're saying, well, there's no way that you're drawing comparison to this when that's a completely different property. But they're again looking mm. for things that maybe support the argument in a different direction. One of the other the other property valuations that I'd love to touch on is the online valuations. Yes. How many times have you gone into a lounge room? And again, I don't I don't blame sellers for doing it. Like we have so much access to data. All we want to know is has our asset grown? We want to keep an eye on it. We want to nurture it. And like we talked about, Australians love real estate. Mm. How, what, do you, what can you take away from those? Are they accurate? What's you know what's your opinion on them?
0: Look, I mean, they can give you a ballpark in some areas. Yeah. And I think if you live in, let's say, a newer housing subdivision, you can rely on that price finder estimate or those online estimates pretty heavily. Yeah. because you've got so many comparable properties that are all very very similar yeah so it's going to be pretty on the money yeah but in a market that is has a lot of variance in property you really can't because they don't take into account um enough features they're looking at bed bath car they're looking that's at, if it's even entered correctly if it's, if it's even emptied correctly and and again that might be the thing too the agent might have um put two cars because there's a garage but actually that house has you know, another shed at the back that they haven't put in, things like that. And yeah. it's not really accurate. Um, but yeah, you've, if you've got a street, let's take a, uh, any, anywhere near the coast and most Australians live near the coast, you know, for a large part, you know, that's the predominance of like our largest population centers are on the coast. If you take a coastal street, you can have a variance between on the beachfront, tens of millions, just the other side of the beachfront a couple million, you know, maybe three or four, something mm. like that. Across the street, two, and then you go five houses back and you could have homes that are a million dollars. Yeah. You know, and that variance is in one street is And in one suburb. In one suburb is staggering. Yeah. So if you're looking at it purely on data and you've got oh, I'm gonna look at four bedroom homes on PriceFinder and see which well, you know, in, in that in that street and, and get a, a an estimate it's not taking into account all of this.
1: Mm.
0: You know, they're they're looking at average prices, they're looking at sizes of properties. There's some other parameters they throw in, but they can't factor in attractiveness of home. Yeah. That's something they can't determine.
1: And I think the hardest thing with pricing property and and taking someone's opinion of price when you're the seller is that, you know, ultimately it's hard to take it from the agent because they stand something to gain. They get Mm. a commission, but I think it's important to note they only get that commission once the property's sold Mm. and you're in control you're the person who determines that sale point if it goes to market and you're not happy and the price isn't there that the agent promised and you don't need to sell keep it if that's Mm. the decision you want to make if you don't want to meet the market keep it not saying we always get it right in terms of pricing but there are agents that are substantially over the top where they don't even have the evidence to back up that it's worth what they're saying Mm. and i think that's probably what's made it harder and made it i've seen more people getting like several agents out rather than the two or three it's five or six because it's just becoming so hard to get you know a direct opinion on price it's tricky in a hot market right yeah. because you'll go out and the comparable sales have always been used as a floor well that's sold at one and a half the market's risen be mine could be anything better but yeah. until it's set you don't know what that figure is yeah you know and we've seen lots of that you know I, i've even i've even sort of gotten to the point where i'm seeing lots of people actually getting a bank valuation before engaging anything else Mm. So they can maybe get more of the logical estimate, what's it worth according to the bank? Do we keep it? Do we then refinance? What does that what does that give access to? And I think there's a lot to be said for that.
0: Well, the bank value is particularly useful if the market is coming off and and prices are softening a touch. Yep. Because most of your buyers are going to be borrowing money. Mm. So if you get to a market that's starting to where prices are starting to soften uh, or they're not rising like that, um, you might find that situation happening which we haven't seen for a number of years where the banks are looking and going well I, I don't agree yeah you know it's it's less and then you look at that and go well if that's what the bank's going to value we need to find someone that is a cash buyer or we're not selling at that sort of price and if you know that heading in that might change your decision to even come to the market because a yep. bank bell is not going to be uh, whilst it's not a market appraisal it doesn't factor in all those market forces it's not going to be so far from the market that yep. it's not of relevance like yep. you say so yeah, it can be a really good tool to get ahead of the market. Um, or you might see, okay, well, that came in quite well, that's all fine. Um, still, we go to the market, that's a different thing. You can't then, on the flip side, say, well, yes, but I got that bank valuation. Yeah. It's, it's a useful tool, but it's not an indication of what the market's willing to pay. Like, yeah. for example, we can use it in, in a, a totally different, different um, example is, we look at what you know the car market and things have done you know post covid for some reason there's been you know there's been a massive mm. surge in used cars because yep. of the lack of supply right you can't not getting new vehicles so you might value a car or look on you know what the red book or whatever they use to to value it and go oh well, that many kilometers it should be worth this people are paying way more than that yep. you know or you know vice versa you know previously it might should be worth this but people aren't paying that so unfortunately you can't use that logical valuation as I guess the be all and end all.
1: Yeah, that's right. And I think ultimately it's just remembering that when it comes to price, the easiest way to determine what a property is worth is to price it fairly in the current market, take it to market and allow the market to give feedback. Mm. You know, you'll know straight away if you've priced a property right or wrong because you'll either have the attendance or you won't.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, to sort of sum up everything, if you're a seller that's out there thinking, well, I want to get an idea and price myself, you know, before I get an agent, before I get a bank valuation, I'm looking online, how do I make sense of it? Well, I think you, you're better to do the research yourself rather than rely on the estimates, like yeah. we said. And, and when you're doing that, just make sure you're really mindful of what features your, each home has. Don't just look at it and go, well, my home's better. Really be critical and go, okay, I like my home, but I can see why someone with a different taste or maybe perhaps more buyers were, would be interested in that home. Mm. You know, you've yeah. really got to be critical like that and go, I love my kitchen, I get that. but Remove the emotion. Yeah, that, I can see why that maybe is more on trend yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, and things like, you know, oh, we like our home because it's not too big. That's, that's cool. But someone looking for value for money are going to probably pay more for the bigger home. You know, yeah. there's not too many people that are in that exact position where they're like, I want something that's only X manageable size. Yeah. So, you know, you have to remove those things and, and really look very critically upon your own home. And I think um, a, good, a good exercise is to literally, on a Saturday or on a weekend... Get your house ready and walk in your house and look around like you would at an open home. Be critical. Think, what's a buyer going to think when they walk in here? How does this compare to other homes that I've seen? Okay, well, that one has a much more open living space. Okay, we've got to go downstairs and out to our pool. That one um, had a different design where everything was all on one level. You know, uh, our home has kids' bedrooms near the street. You know, this home that sold for more, uh, they're away, they're at the rear. That might be Factoring a Factoring a lot more. Yeah, and then you might yeah. think, oh, that's not a problem. Sure, it, it probably isn't, you know, but these are the things that, that people might think about. Yeah. So there's a lot of things that you can go into um, as to why maybe that home went for more or maybe that one home went for less and why you maybe can't understand it on face value.
1: Yeah, 100%. Well, hopefully that gives some advice on pricing and, and how we come up with it. Obviously, we welcome any questions around that. Um, It's been really good to be back and and doing this. Obviously, if Lockie can free up a bit more time in his schedule, we might get a few more episodes (laughs) in, but we'll see. But thanks again, guys. We'll see you soon.